0: well it is tuesday night hello internet hello hello people on this tuesday it is tuesday night it is scuba and rye podcast fun but of course of course we are here for you yeah so Rying how
1: you been out, doing rye Ah, uh, well this is a a, a slower week because this is the week i'm not in training but still doing random other stuff at work so oh
0: that's always other, good and
1: other things say for what's been happening
0: oh yeah well you know tonight is the big night here in america 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 it's big night got our uh trackers up and seeing all that shenanigans that yep. go on scuba has his things i
1: have every news outlet on here <laughs> checking out my thing of things and my ringer rings yep but we're all doing good here got a lot of fun stuff ahead yeah i got Fun times. Fun times. Fun talks about what's been happening. Especially this weekend. Fun times.
0: Ooh. I have to drop a couple of them. What are you dropping? Well, you know... Stop dropping. Roll. Oh, something to that effect. You know. Post some things out because there's some memory leakage going on. Somebody or said something. incoming raid. Incoming raid? Oh, bring it. Bring it. Always. Bring it on. Bring
1: it on,
0: people. Bring the raid. We ain't scared of no raid. (laughs) I might be. I don't have my armor on. Well then, quick, cast mage armor. (laughs) Cast mage armor. Roll for initiative. Let's get that raid in. Nothing.
1: (laughs) You know, um, none of the above. If you know what I mean, scuba.
0: We gotta (laughs) work work on your character (laughs) rolls, my man. (sighs)
1: I checked the none of uh, none of the above. None no, of the I'm above, yeah. Touche, touche. Inside jokes, <laughs> but you might find out, people. Who knows? Of
0: course, of course.
1: So of it's course, good. Of course, of course. What's going on? I thought there was gonna be a raid. Oh, there oh, it is. Oh, it's
0: coming. It's oh, it sometimes takes, it. takes a minute. Sometimes it takes ah, a minute. Okay.
1: I got. I gotta light like that
0: internet speed help yeah, there we go there we go see welcome, welcome raiders welcome this is uh, of course scuba uh, steve or yep scuba or steve whatever you know, <laughs> I know <I'm> a scuba. <laughs> bring the raid on roll for initiative let's do this come on <laughs> ah coming in after uh that 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 was crazy that uh behind the screen episode with jason right over there realm smith hi everybody yeah. You know, every time he brings up his, that tribute band thing he did, it's like in here, we're just sitting there just going through that melody because once you get in your head, it's there, and it's gotta be, you know, backstreet back's gotta be like one of my one of the few. I just you know, it's just it's got nice and catchy to hum to, oh, you know.
1: Yeah, it is a good and a dance, and I
0: just uh bop Oh, thank up. you for the follow. Thank you. Whoever do that. Antipodean, <laughs> Podine, how you doing, sir? How's thank life you. down under? welcome welcome from down under oh at blue box rpg nice thank you welcome all of you oh, this has awesome. been fun uh There's yeah going so like scuba studio of course i'm scuba i'm uh one of the uh, uh this is uh, the channel where i do some content creation or whatever i also you know moonlight as a uh, smith guardian with realm smith so i'm sure you've seen me there in the chats uh doing uh doing the things and uh, recently had one of our community sessions go up on the Realm Smith YouTube that I was uh, privileged enough to Dungeon Master for. So if you hadn't checked it out, go to Realmsmith's uh, YouTube channel and check out session 10, Odo's Fate. <laughs> Thank you for the gifted boom, boom. subs. I mean, we're just rolling right at it. Boom, boom, boom. Now All Harley safe. Girl's got a subscription. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad everybody had fun on that game. I mean, it was it, it was wild and crazy. Now that it's up, we can talk about it because <laughs> you couldn't really talk about it till it went up. <laughs> now you can spill the beans. Oh, thank you for the four month sub, Sakura. Thank you, thank you. A look at the. You broke your follower goal. I, wow. Hey, I'm loving it. By all <laughs> means, let me keep readjusting those goals. Readjust the numbers. Readjust the numbers. Phantom NJ, thank you for the follow. Thank you for the gifted subs from Aunt, from Zip, uh, Sweet Demon S ninety one. Thank you for the follow, Mickey Ed. Thank you for the follow. All the fun, all the greatness. <laughs> yeah. Glad to see everybody here. Broke that hundred follower goal and now we can work toward that hundred and fifty follower goal and you know maybe Ooh. we'll get maybe we'll keep going, you know? Keep on keeping on. That's all right. We well, you know, we got a lot of stuff to, to talk about tonight, a lot of things to do.
1: A lot of shamanigans.
0: And of course all the stuff come in. Thank you for the follow. Uh J Birch Field Three. Appreciate it, sir. Welcome. I uh, hope you find this entertaining and fun. Uh, this is of course Tuesday night. We do Scuba and the Rye, a podcast, a live recorded podcast where myself and Rye, we talk yeah. about movies, games, uh odds and ends, and other and other kind of goofy fireside things to hang out. Our fire, yeah, getting into these new things is fireside conversations. Thank you for the bits. Yes. Want to make sure we address the activity feed because I gotta thank everyone out there in the community for you guys coming in, because without uh, it takes resources to do these things, and having you guys here helps uh, support us and keeps uh, keeps us growing and going forward. You know, um, got some new tech to try out on the show for tonight that might open up some doors for later. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, also, of course, we are monitoring the election results uh rye got all of his news channels up i've got mine and i think for our fireside chat today we're gonna go through some you know some election trivia just kind of some goofy things we found on the internet ah uh, now mayflower you're good sweetheart it's it's glad you're here we're uh we're gonna have some fun but of course first things first is uh what we've been up to it's our fictitious five minutes to talk about what we've been doing in the last week yes and sir. uh Last week, last weekend was Halloween. We had fun and shenanigans, uh, uh, I'm sure. But, uh Rai, tell me what you've been up to the, this past week, my friend. All right, like you said, it was
1: ho- the Halloween weekend. The full moon was out. the The night was great, and the drinks were flowing for me. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll skip the week because the week is pretty much the same thing over and over school and work, school and work.
0: Well, I mean, you got to work on that. You're you working on that graduate program now.
1: Yes, I am. I, yes, there is a paper. Uh, well, first, I have to do the annotated bibliography, but that's due November 20th. So I still got time to procrastinate. Um, but <laughs> I have done a little bit of it. I have pulled a few resources. Oh. Uh, my paper is going to be on Robert Frost, and it's going to be a literary research um, of all the different criticisms. You Know okay. f- to and fro, but I'll get to that when I get to the due date. Um, but for this past weekend, yeah, like I said, the drinks were flowing. Oh, they so, were, huh? Oh, yeah, just pr- particularly on Saturday. So, roll over, did you roll over to a uh, farmhouse again? Yes, that was part of the day, but before the farmhouse, Slatter. uh, went with uh, with uh, my co worker Asia, we did brunch at a, at a local breakfast place known as Bay Local. And I decided to get an orange crush because that's what I do when I go there. I get orange crush and I got some amazing, um, uh, cinnamon pecan waffles. Very good. Um, next was farmhouse. Cause they did their, um, a day, uh, uh, day of the dead celebration. Um, which is, it is a celebration of the dead. Obviously that's what the day of the dead is, but. More so, it was a release because every time they do an event, they always release a couple of new drinks. And they had this new uh, cider called the Azulu Cider. It was some blue cider. I can't remember what was in it, but it was good enough for me to order quite a few. <laughs> um, so I had, I lost track of number of how many drinks I had, but we had good food. Good times with some friends, because my friends that came out with me, uh, Jeff and Sarah, and a couple new people I met, they never been to Farmhouse, and I've been telling them about Farmhouse for months. So now that I got them hooked on there, maybe they'll go out with me. Um, maybe. And my girlfriend was there, and I took a, I took a couple of funny photos with some pumpkins. And oh, you if did. you want to see them, they're in my book of face. The book of face. Yeah, you can find me up there. It's easy to find me. Right guy. Um, but... Other than that, and then the night was ended kind of funny. So me and my girlfriend, Angelica, after farmhouse, we went home, went to my house. I pulled up. I was walking to the door, and my neighborhood screamed from across the street, Hey, we got a bonfire. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. And I got wine. And everybody knows, especially this guy right here, knows wine is easily a yes for me. It was a delayed yes because I had to go in, sit down a little bit, and then make it across the street for a bottle of wine. And when I say bottle of wine, yes, I drank a bottle of wine after drinking pretty much the whole day. (laughs) And then Sunday was spent with, Sunday with Scoop. Of course. It was fun watching you play some more Baldur's Gate. Um, Homework, assignments, and end of the day at another local restaurant called Oishi Burger. Uh, We did like a delayed birthday celebration because of COVID. A lot of our birthdays uh, were pushed aside because we usually go out. Um I need I need to book a face you even if I
0: don't go on much. Okay,
1: do it. Send me a friend request, Rye guy. That's what yeah. That's how you find
0: me. You'll well, know. You know, Rye. You are an editor on the scuba scuba studio Facebook page. Oh yeah. Where you can post these cool things. So if oh, you're yeah. not a if you haven't go, go to Facebook, look for scuba studio. Uh, the la, uh, you're seeing the rotator up here. Oh yeah. Uh, like that page and. More of this peer pressure from the community to get Ra to post these cool things on that page. Yes, I could.
1: I could post uh, my, my my picture with my pumpkins, uh, my uh, amazing
0: photo as made Marian, and other things. But yes, yeah, um, we, we could do all of those cool things. Yes. Also, there is our Discord community. Yes, it's a growing Discord where we could talk about the stuff from the show, the the games that we run that we run on Saturdays. Uh, I haven't added a section for Sunday with Scoob yet, but there's a place also to connect. And again, peer pressure, Rai into posting <laughs> some of this stuff there too. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, eventually,
1: I just I just kind of forget. It's okay. But Sunday we went to a place called Oishi Burger. Um, it's a, a a Japanese burger place. Really? And yes. You should look up the menu. You'll like it, Scuba. But we went there. We did it like a post COVID birthday celebration of everybody's birthdays we missed and i got the i can't i think it was the chicken canada burger and it mixed chicken um pork and pork belly in the
0: sandwich and yes
1: it was mm. good and i got a drink so yeah
0: that was my weekend that uh, was a pretty interesting weekend all right weapon decks thank you for the follow thank you uh let's see my weekend was uh halloween dnd played uh, the Strahd Must Die in Space <laughs> module for both of my Saturday groups. I do a 10 a.m. Uh, game and then uh, another game at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And both of them had very different res- different adventures, but the outcome was ironically similar in the sense that Strahd got away in both instances. One of them, he was left adrift. That's a good question, Chili. Yeah. Chili uh, has a question. Question, what's the difference from an American burger and a Japanese burger? I don't have the bot running, so I'm going to have to try and catch the questions. What's the difference,
1: Um, The difference is, is that they actually, uh, it's, you know, it's a burger, but they mix in a lot of uh, Japanese ingredients. You know Japanese stylings you know um um uh garnishes and other kind of mixtures, seasonings um
0: I'm gonna go bring up the menu
1: and you can go keep diving into your thing I think righty
0: um so that was that Sunday of course was wasscoop where we were doing some uh playing some boulders gate kind of just hanging out uh working through with my warlock I had a much different experience this time around than I did the first time. And Saturday or Sunday afternoon into Sunday evening into Sunday night, friends came over and we threw down some Warhammer 40k uh, using some of the ninth edition rules that just got released. Uh, I ended up in, I installed Battle Scrub on my computer and built out my unit, and we did a 25 power, which was not not a whole lot. I think I had 13, 14 models on the table this time. Got through three rounds and I had only lost like four models, so I'd say I did pretty good. Yeah. Um, Of course, when we set up these things, I typically set up the terrain, and because I I like to build terrain and whatever and whatnot, and I built this tower in the center of the table, and my friend was like, "Dude, this tower is really annoying." I'm like, Mm. "Yeah, (laughs) that's why it's there." (laughs) So. It was like, mm. but uh, yeah, we were playing that DD module, both groups, uh, the, the Saturday night group that ran long. Uh, I think we started the final encounter at 10 minutes, at 20, at 20 minutes to 11, didn't finish till like 20 minutes after 12. So yeah, that was a uh, pretty intense. Uh, both of those are up on VOD here on Twitch and I'll get them up on YouTube as soon as I can. Oh, see, Zip, Zip, you know, I've actually got something for you on that one. I've got something for you, which I will get. Yes, I actually got, I actually oh, finally stopped yes. procrastinating Jeez, and started working on my minis, actually painting minis. And I have a few that are painted and base coated. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're gonna talk about Grand Theft castle. the newest uh, module in d and d is called Grand Theft castle. Grand Theft castle <laughs> which we'll to get into when we get into state of game. Grand Theft castle. but before we get into state of game <laughs> that just that just makes me think. Wait till we get into talking about it. It was hilarious. Right, uh, let's... well let's well, we'll get we'll we'll cover that in in a uh, state of game but first and foremost we talk about reviews. Yes, sir. And this week, rai got a new movie for us to review that is uh, out on Apple Plus. Yes, sir. Ooh. Thank you, supplier of subscriber.
1: Right.
0: Thank you. Not supposed to be seeing that. <laughs> on the Rock. Alrighty, so we have the movie On the Rocks. Uh, right. Tell us about On the Rocks. On the Rocks is a new, um, indie drama,
1: uh, from writer-director, uh, writer-director Sofia Coppola. She is the daughter of Frank, uh, Frank Coppola, and she's known, well known for one movie, and one movie in particular is Lost in Translation. But she's done many other films before, uh, before now with, um, trying to bring up a this real quick. Uh, with other movies like the the bling ring um marie antoinette and some other ones but she does a lot of like just indie dramas like you know character driven story where it focuses on a few characters and their dynamic um in this movie um we have main characters uh laura played by rashida jones and her father felix played by bill murray everybody loves bill murray and this film is no exception. But the the central point of this film is that uh, Laura is um, having s- some marriage issues, or uh, because of her uh, husband. Um, Dean, who's played by Marlon Waynes, is a recent, uh, he's recently started a business and he's the CEO for this business and he's gone a lot, so he's doing a lot of business trips and whatnot, so she's left home to raise their two daughters while also she's struggling to write this new book that she's already agreed to publish, so she's juggling a lot of things and then certain things seem kind of odd when Dean's coming home. And she thinks that he might be having marital affairs. So she reach out, reaches out to her father, Felix reconnecting after so many years. And they lead on to this journey that leads them to what is the indifference of love? So the heart and soul of this movie is the relationship between Felix and Laura. It initially starts off with that whole is, is he or isn't he cheating on her? But it slowly evolves into something more, um, more fragmented between the daughter and the father. So, this is a very simple narrative. It just focuses on them trying to figure out if he's cheating on him, and they get into these like weird. Um, uh, soft like comedic circumstances. It's not like over the top or goofy or slapstick or physical humor. It's very natural humor. It's a very rare kind of humor that you see and you only see it in films uh, of this type because when it's written and focused on character development, just strict character. There's no like overarching theme. There's no like uh, fan- fantasy epic or action sequences. Everything is just these characters talking going from place to place um the natural humor just happens in their interaction in just their conversations and that's the strength of this movie because you watch as uh felix who is pretty much like a playboy and you come to find out why uh he has a fragment relationship with his daughter because of his playboy antics and the kind of stuff they she had to deal with as a child so this supposed um you know affair reveals those kind of um, fragments between the relationship so it shifts between the marital uh, strife that she's having to a father and daughter dynamic that has to be resolved so that shift is what makes the film very lively very open and very relatable and the first half of the film is very disjointed. It does a lot of repetition stuff and very predictable on, you know, going from scene to scene and Foley. but it's the second half where the endearment and the natural humor and the, 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 the drama all connect into one. And it makes it a very heartwarming and poignant revelation when everything comes to head in the end. I'm not going to spoil it, but there are things that happen that, that will come out of left field, but not in a way that it feels forced. Hmm any thoughts scuba
0: um i'm thinking i might need to check this one out this one is a very is is
1: one i think you would enjoy it's very simple it's very dialogue and character driven so if you're not a fan of character or dialogue driven films there's not a lot that happens beyond that beyond their conversations but if you enjoy that and you enjoy bill murray and you just enjoy it just natural humor. It's a you don't see natural humor very often, but when you do, it's it's very obvious but very welcoming because it feels real. It's it's not forced humor. It's just it just happens. Interesting.
0: So. Uh yes, this movie is on Apple Plus. If you want to check out my review, go to ryereviews.com. You can see the review for this film and the hundreds of other ones that he has done over the years. Yes,
1: yeah, since 2012, <laughs> I have been writing reviews since 2012.
0: Um, what what did we what do we call in this one?
1: Overall, um, I really enjoyed this film. Um, it's a very simple story. Um, the first half does kind of drag a little bit, so that's why I'm giving the rating that I give it, and I give it a 3.5 out of five. It is an Apple Plus, um, so you can check it out if you have a subscription there. But if it was a movie matinee.
0: That's 3.5 out of five. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you, and the thing is when they launched Apple Plus, it was, if you bought a new Apple device, you got like a year of it as part of your purchase of the new Apple device. If you sit there, there's some of the others you can get it as whether or not you have an Apple product, you can access the streaming service, I believe. Yep. But, you know, it, it's it's good because we're having such a big, broader aspect of consuming content.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's, it's creating more avenues for, you know, films of this type. To find you know ways to put their films out there and uh-huh. you know streaming is definitely going it seems like streaming is definitely going to be for those mid-tier indie style films in That's the future
0: true. so the next movie i'll talk about later after this who knows well i have <laughs> a couple i have a couple i have actually have a series i would like to give comments on all right what are we talking about um the uh i need to watch C. I need to watch that. Anyways, uh no, I actually just watched uh the new anime on Netflix called Blood of Zeus. I just started that. That was uh really good. If you like the if you're a fan of the animation style they did for the New Castlevania reboot, then this is in that same kind of animation style, very stylized realistic. And so I went through all of that. That was great. Um looking forward to seeing what they do for the next season when that comes out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um but yeah, Blood of Zeus, it's on Netflix. It's rated T V M A because it's uh can get a little gory.
1: Yeah, it definitely does in the first episode. <laughs> so uh Shelly mentioned about Mandalorian.
0: You wanna chime in on that one? Yeah, I'm gonna chime in on that one. And uh but first I'm gonna I'm gonna, I would say definitely check out Blood of Zeus. Mm-hmm. Uh is very interesting um doesn't pull any punches with some of the uh infighting amongst the gods and uh i would give it a solid three out of five
1: all right i look forward to finishing it actually me and my girlfriend are watching
0: that so that's
1: that's that's the couple show
0: and of course the uh the the bantha in the room is mandalorian season two did drop First episode dropped on October 30th. In fact, Ra and I have restarted our episode by episode reviews, uh, full spoilerific reviews of each episode of the Mandalorian. As they come out, we recorded our first uh, recorded for episode one, uh, just a little bit ago today. Yeah. So I'm going to get that uh, edited and published up before we have episode two drop on Friday. Uh, you can watch, go to our, go to our, our YouTube channel, scuba studio on youtube and take a look we have a full playlist of all of our episode reviews we did the first season of the mandalorian and the first season of the witcher um we hadn't really got into a, a come to an agreement on an on another series to do an episode by episode review so that might be something we can discuss in the future but uh, you can check those out. And uh, forewarning, if you have not watched The Mandalorian and do, do not, not want spoilers, <laughs> don't watch our reviews because we don't care. We will spoil all over it because we talk about lore, uh, casting, story, all of those things in those episodes.
1: Can we talk about
0: you can't hear it here, but you hear it there. <laughs> hear there, you can talk about it because we'll we'll go right into it, fan service and but everything. Because I'm excited for this season. I am too. I can't wait. Uh, first one really went out the gate running oh yeah yes this is the way
1: this is the way and if y'all have any show uh suggestions and we have subscription to those uh, services
0: let us know we'll take it i would like i thought about c but yeah
1: yes uh we recorded it before this uh podcast and it will be posted on our youtube channel at a later time uh yeah i'm gonna try and have it up tomorrow yep and we do uh, when we do shows we do episode by episode reviews and we spoil them. so don't watch them until you watch the show or you just don't care and just watch it.
0: yep, yeah, but uh, go check out our YouTube for that um got a link uh, here in the chat as part of that. it's also in the panel and you can see the little rotator up here in the top to tell you where you can find all find us on all our social medias for the studio. Oh yeah. Um, and with that, I think we can go into State of Game. State of Game. I've been doing some re- reworking on some things. Uh-huh. Ha, 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 ha. So State of Game is the point where we talk about the various games we are playing and the games we are involved in. Oh, yes. Uh, so uh, video games, tabletop games, all things along those veins. And we sit there and we chat about them.
1: Game of Games
0: oh. and... Oh, yeah. We talk about that. No, first off, we talk about video games. And Rai, you got a game? You've got your first impressions on. Oh yeah, I do have first impressions.
1: But the keep the ongoing series. I know you have been. I've been doing that twenty for twenty. So I have another slew on the list.
0: Oh yes. Let's talk about your twenty for twenty. While I, uh, while right. we draw, uh, somebody can hit the bang command in chat for where to find us on all our social medias.
1: All right. All right. So uh, for those of you who don't know, I've been. I do this. Uh, been doing this 20 for 20 list over on my book of face and each episode I have given out chunks of my list and giving quick So not you know quick reasons why these 20 for 20 games have been impactful So I did all the way from 1 to 11 already if you want to check it out is over on Facebook So now we're gonna go from 12 to 18 all one right. of these uh, me and scuba enjoyed a lot together um, but first number 12 on my list is the aforementioned and highly underrated RPG from Bioware, Jade Empire. I love that RPG. It's one of the best uh, kept secrets in their slew of collections. And it's a game I wish they could would expand on. Because there's so much lore in that game. And so much interesting mechanics in that game that it can be you know, revamped on the current gen and next gen. Um, any thoughts on that? Or you want me to keep going? Keep going. Keep going. Uh, Number 13 is um, uh, another Resident Evil game. I did RE2 uh, last podcast, and I told you why it was on my list. It scared the beesies out of me. Um, (laughs) This game didn't technically scare me, but it was just a revolution of the genre. Uh, They changed the concept of the game in this Resident Evil game, Resident Evil 4, on PS2. Um, This is my favorite PlayStation 2 game and one of my uh, Mount Rushmore games. So it is on my Mount uh, Rushmore of games. I just love this game. The story, the concept, the the change to the action shooter, and just the crazy enemies in here. It just, it's just, yeah. Um, number fourteen um, is a Rockstar game and one that actually I think took the open world leaps and bounds, and that's Red Dead Redemption on three hundred and sixty. I love Red Dead Redemption. It redefined what open world can be, what storytelling can be, and how emotional. Uh, a character can have an impact from beginning to
0: end. Yeah, that was such a great thing. And this is normally you think of Rockstar, you're thinking of like the Grand Theft Auto games. Yeah. This one was such was pretty much Grand Theft Auto as a Western. Oh, yeah. And it was such a huge
1: hit. Yeah. And uh, fun fact, not a lot of people know this. It's actually a sequel to one of their games called Red Dead Revolver. Um, ah. Yeah. Didn't know that people. You probably did, but... Fun fact, uh number 15 going back in the day in the 90s. Um there's a lot of fighting out, fighting games out there, but this was the one that that I was in love with and me and my brother played religiously. It was a Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 on the Sega
0: Genesis. Ah. Yes, yeah. I remember I, I remember playing that on Super Nintendo and I remember playing that with the modem that came out for the Super Nintendo.
1: Oh yeah, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, I would me and my brother played the the bejesus out of it. I could do every combo, every move, every fatality, babyality, uh, whatever. You know, it's awesome just to
0: just watch my brother cry in tears when I say get over here. But you know, it's all good and fun. Uh, King number- of Fighters. I'm not. I'm trying to remember that one, but it doesn't stick out like Killer Instinct yeah, for a, me 2D, or Mortal Kombat 3.
1: Yeah, King of Fighters is a 2D closer to like Street Fighter, but they 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 focus more on combat. um uh, number 16 is another another series that I talked about earlier, um, but it's the next one, and it's another one in the vein of revolutionizing the game, and that's Assassin's Creed Origins. Oh, yes. Up until this point, the games, I will agree, had been coming stagnant. The formula was becoming just very monotonous. They took a year off and came back with this game, and it completely rebuilt the game from the ground up. An open world action RPG with big story, big depth, big customization, and just overall. I play this is one of the games I pretty much hundred percent plus the DLC. So yeah. Uh number 17 is another sequel, but one that built on its original and potential, and that's Rainbow Six Vegas 2. Really, I, I this probably is one out of left field but it's one game that I played a lot I enjoyed a lot and it's because of the, the story mechanic not, not more the story comi- com, uh, c- mechanics but the gameplay mechanics the AI was one of the smartest AIs I've ever played in a single player campaign because when you're navigating you have to be smart and precise because you have to work from cover to cover and the enemy will do the same and it has one of the best modes multiplayer modes I've ever played in any game up until this point and it was Terrace Hunt Okay. You can ramp up that, that level degree to the point to where you'll be there with four people and there'll be like so many terrorists on the map, but the terrorists will literally outflank you and outsmart you if you don't move and plan it ahead. Um, number 18 is the game that me and Scuba played, Lights Out to the Dawn, and that's The Division. Yes. On Xbox One. Um It started off shaky, but the more content it added and the more DLCs added, the game got better and better. And it's just, it, I think it was the better of the, of the, um, of the games between that and Destiny. I liked it better just because of the community, um, the customization and, you know, just being able to play with friends over and over and just enjoying
0: it. That's, that's the most important part. Yeah. I love the, I love the third person perspective. I love the fact that you worked in a group of three and the story was dynamic. The, the, you never got necessarily the same playthrough each time you, you entered in New York and division yeah. two just built upon that. Yeah.
1: I didn't put Division 2 ahead of this one because, you know, like, Division 2 had a lot, but I had
0: more enjoyment in the first one than I yeah. had in the second one. Because it was fresh. Yes. It was new. It was fresh. It was, an, it was an original idea for the most part. And it, it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. It was a
1: lot of fun. I just loved it. And it they just built upon it going forward. And that's it for that. I have two more. We'll save that for Tuesday. All righty. We'll talk about those all right but you mentioned a first impressions
0: yes first impressions and that is
1: watchdog legion right yes sir i purchased watchdog legions and played into the night thursday and friday probably should have not done thursday because i had to work the next day (coughs) excuse me sorry not sorry um but i had like a test to pass but who i passed it um but Watchdog Legions is the third installment in this series, and it takes place in a futuristic London. And unlike the first two games in the series where you had a main protagonist, you actually have a group of people. And when I say group of people, I don't mean the set of 1415.
0: I mean the whole city of London. It's all based on who you recruit and when you recruit yeah. them.
1: Yes, sir. So in the beginning of this game, you pick a character you want to start out as. I started out as a writer. Go figure. Um, And you pretty much from there, you do initial mission and then you go. And the coolest thing I have loved about this game so far is the fact that you can recruit anybody and everybody. But there's a catch. And the catch is, is that not everybody likes DedSec. So you have to work through the story to build your reputation to be able to recruit certain people and once you get your rep up then you'll be able to expand who you can recruit like the latest person I recruited was a doctor and the cool thing about everybody you recruit is that they can get you into certain buildings without having disguise so for the doctor he has a special tranquilizer gun and I could go into the hospital just walk right in not even worry about the guards. So, nice. um, and it's really the dynamic of the game is so crazy that w- the way you attack the enemies and the way you take them out can come from various degrees. You can just, you can literally do every mission by tech. You can go guns a Um, you can, uh, use your unique skills of a character, AKA like a doctor or like a policeman like Chelly was talking about. Or the last person I've recruited, I haven't used him yet, is a construction worker, and you can use construction equipment. So there's varying degrees of stuff you can do. And you basically are going from borough to borough of London. You're trying to bring DeadSec's reputation back because of a certain thing that happens in the prologue. Nice. Um, So yeah, they expanded on a lot of the mechanics from the first two games. And that expansion I haven't opened up everything I haven't interacted with every part of London because if you look at my map It's only like a speck of it that I've actually navigated through but So far the interaction is prime and just seeing just how beautiful the game is just on the Xbox one It makes me think of how beautiful it's going to be on the series X and ps5 Because it definitely is Beautiful to look at it's it's very ironic because London is dirty but it's beautiful. It's it's just a crazy kind of That's sense. so much
0: history involved. Yeah.
1: yeah. But it's so fluid. It's so dynamic.
0: And I look forward to moving forward in the game. Sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, I was going to say, I was uh, getting into Baldur's Gate 3 some more. Um, like I said, I re-rolled a, re-rolled a character and rolled a warlock. Uh, again, with a dwarf. You know, dwarves are cool. Uh and it got to a point where it's like this uh area this ruins area that I went to the first time around and got absolutely slaughtered. This time I walked through and be like, "Yeah, you guys just all can go away now." I think I'll do something else. <laughs> so, I'm looking I'm I'm looking forward to playing some more of that. But of course, the big thing I do a lot of is of course the D&D game. So, we'll talk about those two episodes of from Saturday our twi- our shadow sh- shadow guards am i saying that right shadow guards that'll be the new that of twilight's gleaming is going to be renamed to shadow guards on saturday but Shadow Guards did their uh or uh, their Strahd Must Die in space. <laughs> um I want to hear about this one. This was this was funny. This was funny. Now, I mean, the module is designed where you have to try and find your three main items to kill Strahd, the Tome of Strahd, the Sun Sword, and the holy symbol of Ravenkind. And then you go and fight Strahd. But the idea is you're trying to fight Strahd before he because he finds a spell jammer helm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he finds a Spelljammer helm, and he converts his castle into a Spelljammer ship. And when the party gets there, he is piloting the ship from Barovia to Orth, which, if you're familiar with D&D lore, Orth is the planet that Mordekainen lives on. And he has sequestered Irina there to for her safety. So while Strahd is hurtling through, through realm space... To get to Orth to reunite with Irina, the uh, party is trying to find their three items and prevent Strahd from getting there. Well, unfortunately, due to time constraints, they weren't able to search the entire castle because, you know, let's think about this. Uh, Ravenloft is a huge castle to search in. Huge castle. So going to have to kind of work our way through that. So while they're working on that, they did find the sword and he got, and the nice thing is he got to weed through a lot of the various rooms in Ravenloft, if you've never done it, but they get up there and unfortunately they didn't get, they didn't prevent him from getting to Orth. He got to Orth and while the party continued to go through the mansion, Strahd of course goes down, goes to talk to Irina. And while he's talking and convincing Irina to, to side with him, the party finds the spell finds the control room and the and the helm and it's like you know what I'm gonna sit in it. You sit in it and you realize you can control it. He goes, and they're like, Yeah, we're just gonna leave him here and take the castle. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Okay. Okay. They they castle jacked Strahd. They took their cat. They took his castle and flew off and abandoned him on Orth with Irina. So Strahd gets to live happily ever after with Irina, and the party just sails away on the on their stolen spelljammer ship. Hey, sounds fun. Well, If I had a spelljammer module prepped up, I probably would have gone. Just kept going there, but unfortunately, Barovia has its own magics. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that was just wild, crazy fun, wild yeah. and crazy fun. Yeah. And then Saturday night, <laughs> challenge accepted. Crew got to do it as well. Now the challenge. Now the, the the challenge accepted. Crew got to play with level ten characters, and again there was only a party of three, so some similarities. Unfortunately, though, the challenge accepted crew was two tabaxis and a ranger. And what are two things, what, what is something you never, ever want to do? And that's let two tabaxis in a, in an old dusty castle. Oranara, thank you for the follow, sir. Thank you. But these two tabaxis were, I mean, they come into the castle and they go in a completely different direction. And they're like, well, one of the clues says the sun sword is at the top. Well, the sun sword was actually placed in the control room. So in order to find the, when you find the control room, you find the sun sword. So one of the tabaxes is like up, 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 up. So they that that was their track. They kept going up, and the first stairwell they go up, they're like, oh, let's slide down the railing. Okay. Then they go up, and it's like they go into they go into the throne room and see the accountant sitting there counting papers, and they see a rope with a tassel, and they're like, ooh, tassel, let's go. Cats will. The tabaxi's will to be tabaxi's they they run over and they start batting at the thing end up bringing the gong and I'm like all right here Strahd's gonna make his visit give them an offer and they're like this is fun let's go And they're they're off again and it's like oh, what okay so they keep going up and up, they go up the tower they go to where the rich witch's room is and they find a room with black with cats in it and it's like cats let's play with cats. And one of the rangers, like, I'm not having any part of this. And one of them's like, You should hold the cat. And actually intimidates him into holding one of the cats. It was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen. But then they get up and they find the control room. Strahd, of course, is still there because they hadn't reached Orth yet. And as as they were, and he's arriving at Orth, he's about to start coming down. And they're like, They sneak in, steal the sun sword, and. Descend back down to the first landing, which is by the the Crystal Heart that is, uh, pow- that is associated with Strahd in the castle. Strahd then follows him down, and that's where the final fight takes place. And as the fight starts, it's like, I'm going to Guiding Bolt the Crystal Heart. Okay. Completely triggers all the alarms and self-defenses that are in there. And so it's like 10 Halberds and Strahd, and... They held their own pretty well. Unfortunately, they did not beat Strahd. Mm-hmm. And this time, they wake up on Earth, apparently marooned there, <laughs> as Strahd and Irina sail off on the castle. Again, Strahd lived happily ever after in both instances. But I, it was great Halloween fun, and I'm glad all my players had a good time. And it was one of these silly, crazy, goofy things to do, which is what I love about D&D. And of course, and I was like, I was saying on Sunday evening, uh, my friends came over and we were playing Warhammer. Well, I had fun. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I procrastinated enough. I'm going to start working on my minis. And so while we're playing the Warhammer game, the units that I don't have fielded, I'm working on painting. And then today, I figured out how to do something new and cool, so I'm going to show you what that new and cool thing is. Should be working. Oh, let's see what is not happening here. Figures. There we go. Keep this in mind for later. I found a way to connect my phone to my OBS. So you guys can see the uh, big uh, giant gaming mat, which has the huge logo. But uh, I got to do some work on some of my miniatures. This happens to be one of my... uh, Deathwing Terminators that I've got completely base coated. In fact, I've got uh, the whole squad here, which is the uh, first of two squads. Because I'm learning that you know, I get one squad. Since I have two of two of these squads for this whole unit, I can sit there and do the uh, do one to practice, and then film the other one. And then last night, while I was wa- while I was doing what I'm doing, I started working on base coating my uh, Deathwing uh, assault ass- assault squad. So, or not no Dark Angel, because I run Dark Angels. I don't have enough to do anything other than that. But it's nice because now I have this. Now I can actually do mini, do a maybe do a stream. When I do Sunday with Scoob and work on painting minis for part of the stream. Could be fun. Could be cool. But the fact that I've rigged this up through via of a wireless connection to my stream box means I can connect a couple of other uh, iOS devices, maybe even a couple of Android devices and set up some cameras for another place. I haven't gotten into chaos stuff yet, Libanes. I would like to, but, you know, as with many hobbies... Warhammer is not cheap. Not to buy a long shot. <laughs> no, it's not. Not to buy a long shot. But yeah. Now I have all kinds of new options. <laughs> so it should be loads of fun there.
1: Do 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 do
0: all the fun goodies fun goodies oh chili i've got something for you on that one here is the ninth edition of warhammer 40k the core book one of my buddies left this here with me to look through So maybe that'll be what we talk about on Sunday with Scoob as we spend some time talking Warhammer. Hopefully have some fun there. Well, this is the tabletop one, not the RPG. But yeah, the RPG side, uh, wouldn't mind doing that one again at some point. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, probably not your group, Libanez. I know we did do some chaos stuff in the past. That's where the whole joke of, hey, who, who's the guy in charge? We'll kill him. We'll put the number two in charge and be like, hey, you work for us. If you don't, then we'll replace you just like we did the other guy. Shenanigans, shenanigans, shenanigans. <laughs> but uh, I think the only other thing was uh, last Thursday did a D&D session for the community and that got posted up on YouTube under Realmsmith, and that was fun that was the prequel to the season finale got to take a group of a party to go and uh try and find uh one of their missing elder and some missing people and set it up for an interesting little uh rescue op which i honestly didn't think they'd get to but one of the but again players will do what players do and they happen to move around the and flank the uh main uh threat and rescue one of the prisoners before the rest uh, died horrible deaths as the Nightwalker <laughs> came into the world. <laughs> it rises and takes you out. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I needed to have bait. I needed bait to entice the players to enter the camp. Because I was part of me was thinking I had set up the camp in a way that some parties would be like, Nope, we're not going to bother going in there. But I needed a reason for them to go in. So aside from general curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> Leave them a note. Yeah, it was uh it was pretty cool. So yeah, go to Realm Smith, uh uh Realmsmith's uh, YouTube channel, check it out, it's session ten, uh Elder Odo. And uh, you'll get to see uh, me DM the session with a bunch of members of the Smith community. It was a great privilege. Had a lot of fun. Antipodean was in there as well, which was great. Got to play with him and several of the others. It was, uh, I think it was pretty good. I mean, definitely some more learning points, as always. Roll20 map, uh, definitely. Because you, you when you'll see the Roll20 maps on our MAMA D&D streams, you see it from the DM's perspective now. Instead of a player's perspective. So it's like, hmm all the things but oh wow yeah <laughs> thank you always true thank you i i do my best to try and make sure we have fun and it's a great story and keep trying to work on that we got a new module starting with a uh, shadow guards on saturday it's called Shards of the Day. It's another second edition module that's scaling up to 5th. I've been working on the maps with uh some help from Shad, and some of those maps are looking pretty good. So we'll see how that starts and that should carry us through for the rest of the calendar year and then see what we do in 2021. Challenge Accepted is uh continuing their progress. They'll be back in uh, in uh, their world in their in their adventure on Saturday to see how that goes. Yeah, I like the I like scaling up the second edition. It gives us plenty of stuff to work with.
1: <laughs> That's a fun game.
0: Yeah, Fall Guys season two's out. I wouldn't mind uh, throwing down on that. Maybe we, maybe we can do that sometime soon. I know tomorrow. Typically, I, I got to do a lot of post season wrap up for some things and get some stuff uh, worked out. But I think we're good. I think we're good for our fireside chat. We're. Or- yeah yeah i mean it's it's election night we're watching the election results come in it's uh still still quite a bit left over but i found a couple of interesting articles on some cool election facts so i figured we were laughing over here let's have a little fun with this yeah we were laughing over here at some of them
1: especially Uh, one of them i just could not believe it and i would not let it go
0: Uh, there's a couple of lists I pulled up from a website called FactRetriever.com. Oh, no, uh, oh yeah, I was
1: asking. No, no, this is the this is uh, the fun facts is taking place at the fireside chat.
0: Uh, D-Man Rhodes question: Are you looking for Tide season two with Realm Smith? I am. I'm not sure what we're doing yet. Still working out some of those details, but I am excited to do some more community sessions and uh, see what kind of, uh, arcs we work with on that. Uh, can't divulge too much, obviously, for various reasons, but, um, a lot of those conversations are happening, so we will have, uh, stuff for that, and I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to going back to Scoob, because, uh, he was starting to get kind of interesting, and he's such a different personality than Tamazar. Tamazar is very quiet and reserved, and, very and and whatnot whereas scoob is very boisterous and kind of be your be your buddy and kind of deal the big teddy bear type so it should be it should be interesting i don't know what we're gonna i can't really talk about where we're gonna go what we're gonna do but it it should be a lot of fun straight up it should be a lot of fun i i loving playing D all we all the time i do Need a little bit of a break right now. And we are taking a little bit of a, gr- a break on some things. So we'll get there. Um, There's some talk about that. I would stand by to wait. I know there's going to be a lot of changes once Tasha's drops in a couple of weeks. Uh, That's going to change up with quite a few things. So there may be some people who want to revamp their characters because of uh, the stuff that's in Tasha's. But I'll have to say you have to stand by for when the player guide comes out and we get started with those things. So, as I said, can't talk about it too much, but I can say it should be a lot of fun. Um, We had a lot of fun with this. The community sessions were good. I do plan to keep doing the community sessions if you guys still want them. And we'll see how it goes. I think a lot of people like the Tide stuff, but, you know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean if you want to change because of the stuff that Tasha's will have it'll be great uh it is up for pre-order on DD beyond if you want to pre-order it now that way once it's available you can uh, start accessing that stuff i did order my hard copy from my local game shop because you should always lo- support your local game shop especially with all of this uh covid craziness and places going back into lockdown good that's good yeah do it the alternate color cover for Tasha's looks amazing I really like the way the alternate cover looks and of course I'll show you guys once I get my book for those of you who haven't gotten it yet but um we're talking about some interesting election facts now the one Rye was uh giggling about
1: was (laughs) um I can't believe this one is even an option,
0: <laughs> but let's go. It's it's funny. It's funny. And, you know, it seems like a good one to start with. Yeah. Um, here we go. This is uh, from uh, Fact Retriever. The article is uh, 45 Surprising Election Facts. Uh, this one was number five. It's, Some countries such as India, Greece, Ukraine, and Colombia have a none of the above option on the ballot. In the United States... Nevada is the only state with a none-of-the-above option on a ballot. (laughs) So, it's like, really? I mean, to be fair, sometimes it's like, I don't like either side, so can I just opt out?
1: And Yeah, in in some cases, it happens that. It's happened a couple times in my voting life.
0: (laughs) Here's another good one for you. Um... In a a brand of uh, foot powder exactly. won the 1967 Marriorial election in uh, Ecuador. The foot powder company claimed their product would bring hygiene and well-being to 4,000 townspeople. So a foot powder was elected mayor. Talk about, <laughs>
1: hey, you know, at least you're going to have clean feet. Right? Yeah, right. you know, clean feet's always good, especially if you're a runner.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> um a lot of interesting ones like here's a good one um during the bleeding Kansas election of 1955, over 5,000 so-called border ruffians entered Kansas to sway the election in order to force uh, certain legislation. even though the number of votes cast was more than the number of eligible voters in the territory, the governor, was appro- the governor approved the election. Uh-huh. I mean, what? Just... I'm... Uh. There's <laughs> nothing. It's just weird. Um... Did you, do you guys know that there are 13 states that allow you to register to vote on Election Day? Most of the states do, do not. Um or the fact that in France citizens are automatically registered to vote as soon as they turn 18 and in Sweden once you turn in your tax record tax tax records you're registered to vote. And in the US only Oregon is the only Oregon is the only state that automatically registers you to vote when you turn 18.
1: Yeah, that 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 auto registration would definitely definitely be beneficial especially in the technology age, you know, a lot of stuff is auto.
0: Speaking wow. of technology, this one is over here. Where was it? Speaking of technology. Where was it? Oh, it must be on this other one. Oh, I saw it. Where was it? I know I saw it. Oh man, let's try and find it again. Ah, here we go. Let's see, uh, where, is it? where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It was the first uh, technology when it came to Texas allowed. Anyways, Texas was the first state to allow you to uh, allow astronauts to vote for the federal election from space, and the first ever uh, vote was cast in uh, the eighty-eight, late eighties, early nineties. That'd be nineties. Trying to find the uh, find that little fact again. I should have highlighted that so I could find it easy. <laughs> uh, here, a good one for South Carolina. It used to be illegal to buy alcohol on election day. Really? That just
1: caught my eye. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Oh,
0: uh, Here's a good one. George Washington spent his entire campaign budget on 160 gallons of liquor to serve to potential voters. And he is the only president to ever run unopposed. <laughs> He's the only one to get 100% of the electoral college. <laughs> well, at least we know there there was a complete agreement on that one. Well, but, uh, to be fair, there wasn't a party system set up yet. Oh yeah. And he oh, won. A good one. He helped Eight- win the revolution, so. 1872, President Grant ran against a dead person. His opponent, Horace Geely, actually died during the election process. <laughs> Does that mean automatic win? Oh, I mean, you
1: never know. A foot powder won a race, so you know.
0: That was in another. Uh, <laughs> and the weird is, we have all these countries that have elections, and yet uh, the U.S. actually has the lowest, per, is one of the lowest participations. There's actually a bit in here. Oh yeah, here we go. Over twenty-two countries around the world require their citizens to vote. If you don't, you could be fined. Or have to do perform community service. So, obviously, voter turnout for these countries is higher.
1: And, uh, yeah, in a lot of places, it, it tends to be.
0: Oh, here's an interesting one. In many countries, such as Greece, Australia, and Brazil, hold their elections on the weekend to encourage higher voter turnout. Traditionally, elections in the U.S. have been held on Tuesdays. Why? Because in the past that allowed farmers to travel to polling places, places. Tuesdays did not interfere with the biblical Sabbath, which was Sunday. Or the market day, which in many towns was on Wednesday. That's partially why it's always on Tuesdays and not a day that's more convenient for people. Yeah, it's kind of crazy.
1: Probably why a lot of states uh, instituted early voting. Mm-hmm. So that people can get out there when they when they're able to, they're forcing them on a certain day.
0: Here we go. The 1927 election in Liberia was the most corrupt election in history. Really? Yes. Charles D. B. King, who was seeking his third term as president, won by 234,000 votes to his opponent's 9,000 votes. Here's the catch: there were only 15,000 eligible voters. yeah that's 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 pretty
1: corrupt right there and they just they went with it i'm assuming have to look at a
0: <laughs> barbecue going at each polling place so you can get a sausage bread or brought when you call see that's cool you
1: can you can you can get me if you just put you know put some food there i might go
0: yeah i mean it, it's funny um in the United States, the individual states just dis- determine how registra- registering for vote happens. Only yeah, the 13 states allowed on on that day. Um, what's another fun one? Oh, of course, the uh the infamous uh the infamous Truman debate, Truman election where everyone was so confident that Dewey was going to win the election that the, one of the papers had preemptively printed the story that Dewey won the election, even though it was decided that Truman won. So there's that great picture of Truman holding up the newspaper saying Dewey won the election yet he, when he did. Grover Cleveland is the only candidate ever to be elected to one term, defeated for a second term, and elected again four years later. Yeah, He is uh, both the 22nd and 24th president. John Quincy Adams is the only president to have lost both the popular and the electoral vote and still become president. 1984, Ronald Reagan received both the highest number of popular votes and the highest number of electoral votes in history. These numbers have yet to be surpassed by any candidate. It's, it's. I agree. You're right, Lubinus. And there was a thing I listened to on NPR about that, where what we're watching right now is the projected stuff, but they actually don't finish counting for a couple of days. So this is all kind of stuff to make us feel better. Because they have to wait for... It takes so long because there's still a lot of actual counting of things. Not to mention, there's also a lot of money in challenging Uh, voter the voting results and that some some parties actually put together millions of dollars to fund a recount because sometimes your first option is to recount if there's a digital recounting but then of course there's still the old school hand counting of everything which takes hundreds of thousands of dollars to do and it's extremely expensive and why they're not doing those things
1: that happened in florida in 2000
0: yep Uh, of course the oldest potential candidate the oldest uh, presidential candidate elected was ronald reagan at 769 and then jfk at 43 um here we go before 1804 the presidential candidate who received the second highest electoral votes became vice president so it used to be The winner was president and the runner up was the vice president. And then, after it was after that, I think it was a Thomas Jefferson uh, election. He changed it. It changed to, okay, having running mates. Kind of deal.
1: Yeah, that that would definitely be interesting.
0: (laughs) Uh, American astronauts on the International Space Station can vote in elections from orbit via secure email.
1: Definitely um,
0: have to have some security going from up there, down here. (laughs) George Washington gave the shortest inauguration speech at 135 words. William Henry Harrison's was the longest at 8,445 words. He spoke for over two hours in a heavy snowstorm, (laughs) which made him catch cold and ultimately die of pneumonia a month later. Yes, he was. um, Yeah,
1: I remember reading that one.
0: (laughs) Like, wow. Uh, 1920 presidential election. Candidate from third party, Eugene V. Debs, ran his presidential campaign from prison. He was in jail for opposing World War I. He ultimately won 3% of the popular vote. That's kind of cool. First election to use voting machines was eighteen ninety-two. Those actually invented earlier. Candidates initially opposed the idea because it eliminated the wheeling and dealing for votes over the phone. <laughs> I'll give you my five for your fifteen. We talk about all this kind of craziness, but if you looking at our history, it's even more shenanigans. It's shenanigans all over
1: the place. I still the none of the above option is still it that's the, that's the that's the that's the kicker for me. None of the above.
0: <sighs> well, you know what? Uh, when this is up on YouTube and you've heard all this, what are some of your favorite elect- election facts and uh anecdotes? And uh, drop them in the comments. Uh, it'd be love. It'd be great did to see what kind one? of great things. Um, I, did you do the slogan one oh Oh, the worst slogan the ever. Worst slogan. We'll end it on this one. The okay. worst
1: slogan ever, people. Can you guess what the worst slogan can be before Scuba finds it? Any, any, any takers? Anybody want to put in something ridiculous for a, a, a
0: campaign slogan <laughs> in the chat? Anyone? Anyone want to take a guess? I mean, this is this this is pretty bad.
1: Yeah, it's pretty bad. We're, we'll, we'll let's see if uh, we get a couple.
0: See, I haven't
1: seen the chat move after Mr. Chelly.
0: Oh. I'll, I'll let you. In. I'll, uh, hopefully, everything's still going good. Yep. All right. Well, over here. Uh,
1: Ketamardi has one Hope
0: for, me, for me. Get your gruel free. And Not any quite. Gruel is.
1: All right. Any, the any other, any, any one more? Not
0: you. Stream elements. <laughs> the worst slogan in history. Worst. Remember. The worst campaign slogan in history belongs to Al Smith, who was against prohibition. To show his support for the creation, distribution, and sale of alcohol, he advertised Vote for Al Smith, and he'll make your wet dreams come true. <laughs> Slippery slope. Prohibition was a weird time in American history.
1: (laughs) Charlie just was laughing. Worst.
0: Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's like, hmm, I'm hmm, quite sure how I feel about that one. But yeah, considering it was prohibition and trying to, you know, turn that off and all that. It's like, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, even though it was prohibition, you know, still, you know, that, that term is universal
0: mistakes were made that's all i'm gonna say hey uh
1: someone went the wrong way i guess you know decisions were made in the bathtub Mm, yeah because you know during prohibition they made that they made a lot of stuff in the bathtub so Oh, here's it. like the guy needed a drink.
0: Yeah. Turn, it's funny, but here's another one. Roseanne Barr once attempted to run for president, got as far as filing with the Federal Election Commission under the Green Tea Party Act. Tea, green Tea Party ticket. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Kanye was running on the birthday birthday party,
0: so. No, the Constitution does not state when the election should be. Which meant uh, that in the early 1800s, people could vote from April to December. That's a long time to be running an election. Yeah, they, don't even have,
1: they don't even have uh, candidates, you know, picked until August, until the conventions. So that's kind of... That's,
0: that's the modern one. Yeah,
1: that's kind of... Yeah, it wouldn't work. Well, you know, they could agree. But, you know, going on your comment about Harrison, we have had two prime ministers die on the job from a heart attack but one of our Prime Ministers actually went missing off a beach, never to be seen again.
0: Oh, where, where, Where is this at? Is
1: this um, um, down under?
0: Yeah, he lives in Australia. I think if you go missing off the beach, there's a couple of worthwhile candidates for how you went missing. <laughs> there, Yeah, down under, yes. <laughs> uh, first two that come to mind are box jellyfish and white sharks. <laughs> Just it, saying. Insert poison anywhere. Rogue, Rogue wave. wave. There. There you go. That too. Could have been that. Could be any. Or could have been a salt. Uh, could have been Crocs. a salt crock. Yeah. Salty. Hey. It's good meat. There are many, many ways this could go badly, but. <laughs>
1: Know this beach like the back of my hand, and then
0: <laughs> and then missing. MIA, <laughs> all righty. Uh, let's get some odds and ends, oddies and endies. Let's do some odds and ends. Time for
1: odds and ends, people. It's odds and ends. Speaking of sharks, <laughs>
0: our first story tonight, uh, for odds and ends. Is talking about this wonderful children's tune that honestly I remember singing at camp when I was in Boy Scouts years ago, but did not realize that you know I thought it'd been out longer. But, anyways, Baby Shark has become YouTube's most viewed video ever. How many views, Scuba? 7.04 billion. I'll say that again. 7.04 billion views of this video for Baby Shark.
1: A lot of people watching them sharks. It was senses.
0: recorded by a Korean-American singer uh, named Hope Segoin. I apologize if I messed that up. And it was produced by a South Korean education company, uh, Pink Fong. Uh, originally uploaded to YouTube on June seventh, two thousand sixteen. Now, for me, I remember Definitely. singing the song in camp. Yeah. Yeah, you know, around the campfire and stuff. And here we have an actual. And I figured, I didn't realize it would take so long for it to be uploaded to YouTube. Yeah. See. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. And it broke the Billboard Top one hundred in t- 2019. They got up there. Once they creative and maybe appropriated. Fair enough. Um previous the previous record holder was a was a 2017 single uh Dispas- Despacito. Despacito. by a Puerto Rican stars Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee. Yeah. Uh, recently, though, there was a new version of Baby Shark that was recorded this year to help promote proper hand hygiene in in midst of the COVID pandemic. But, you know... Adding the numbers.
1: But it's just interesting how this little little d- ditty took the world by storm. Uh, over a few, few years, but...
0: And the thing is, it only beat the other one by, like, a few. I mean, we're talking you know it just doesn't quite it doesn't quite it has 7 billion views but it just doesn't have the 0.04 yeah. that can do that
1: yeah a despacito that was that at that time that song was everywhere so i could understand why that one shot up quickly <laughs> but the fact that baby shark is is a well a world renowned has yeah. uh, taken everybody by storm but even for someone who doesn't really care for the song the second you hear it you just start kind of do 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 do
0: all right let's let's move along move along
1: and speaking of um being stopped by the fishes
0: i wouldn't say stopped i would say what i would say saved by a whale oh yeah a whale's tail perhaps check now this is breaking this is actually kind of breaking news oh yeah and this is a, in the Netherlands, uh, uh, this train actually went off the tracks. And as, instead of falling 30 feet, it was caught by this statue of a whale tail. Yes, sir. No idea what caused the train at, to, to train to derail, but this is one of those right place, right time situations.
1: Yep. Uh, the the mammal of the sea was just there to protect. Um, despite some damages, there was no injuries or death reported. So the whale did its job. Um, just some um, the just uh, just some tidbits. Uh, the quote: "The sculptor at the end of the tracks was given a precedent name saved by the whale's tail," according to France twenty four. End quote. <laughs> and it was built in two thousand two. Installed at the De station in Spikesen, a city just outside of Rotting, Rotterheim.
0: So it was like it's little, just little quick, little not. This was uh, apparently this happened Monday night. Yes. And uh, they were gonna leave it up on the overnight and start taking it down today and doing their investigation. But <laughs> thank you, Weeble and Bob.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep, them, them tails. But you know. You you see odd things in the Netherlands when you're um, doing a couple other things.
0: Well, now that we've gone terrestrial, let's go extraterrestrial. Let's go extraterrestrial and uh, expensive. Yeah, how is that for a value? Yes, uh, ten thousand quadrillion. Yes, a lots and lots of money for an asteroid. Well, here's the thing. This is an asteroid that's uh, somewhere between that's uh, in the asteroid belt. Um a new report a uh, new study published in planetary science uh takes a closer look at this asteroid using the Hubble telescope. Um they believe that the 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 asteroid is comprised mostly of iron and nickel and they plan to send a probe up in 2022 2021 to 2021 2022 to go to and uh survey this asteroid. Um uh, we probably won't we're not going to see any not going to see anything until 2026 cuz it'll take that long for the probe to get there but this allows us to kind of spark the 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 imagination and the idea about mining asteroids oh yeah it's going to give us it gives,
1: give give uh, scientists more interesting things to study um
0: they think this was part of a protoplanet that didn't quite uh, make it uh, thinking that studying this will lead us to study more of how the Earth's, uh, core is, uh, comprised and how it's formed, but the, uh, the, the, the possibility of actually mining asteroids like this for these minerals seems a little ludicrous because we just don't quite have the technology. Yeah. But I say that, but then we look at, uh, games like Space Engineers, the new game Dual Universe, um... You know it shows like the expanse and all of these sci-fi driven things and think about it how do you build these things you mine asteroids and here we could talk about you know a goal to shoot for I mean way back when we had the space race it was okay let's get to the moon we got to the moon didn't do jack since
1: yep I haven't done anything except for nothing <laughs> but just to add some more facts on this uh it is considered one of the most massive objects in the asteroid belt in our solar system and quote a diameter of about
0: 140 miles so roughly the size of, of Massachusetts excluding, if you, excluding cape, cape cod God.
1: yeah so it's huge some fun
0: <laughs> stuff um so but the the, the asteroid's name is psyche yes psyche <laughs> But they value, they they estimate the value they hypothesize the value is worth ten thousand quadrillion dollars, which is essentially the entire Earth economy right now.
1: Oh yeah, so it's definitely another one of those things where maybe if we can mine it, we can help some people out.
0: Yeah.
1: Save the world, destroy the space. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, there's a there's various reports talking about the amount of decaying satellites in orbit we just have this junkyard yeah. surrounding our planet because we keep sending up new satellites and not really dealing with the ones that are already yeah. up there and as they impact with each other and you got lots of little bits of debris that are traveling at thousands of miles an hour and it, it, it's littering everywhere yeah
1: pretty much Anyways. even in space people even in space but yeah. speaking of a, a, a space and galleries
0: yes speaking of galleries let's talk about the uh, uh, new uh, an oil painting that was on display at London's National Portrait Gallery as I
1: Are you gonna... about to come up
0: yeah I think I'll that, that one shouldn't be fine. there we go. Here we go. here is an oil painting uh, that is of the Mandalorian and the child. Dun, dun, dun. That was uh put up that was put up on display in a Mandalorian themed display as I said in the London's National Portrait Gallery which also included original concept art from the show. Um this was this this uh, this uh exhibit was only up for October 30th and 31st so it's already passed. Yeah, sadly. But that's a pretty cool oil painting. So I just It's 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 great to see, you know,
1: uh you know, art translating into other things. So going from, you know, a show series and just the whole Star Wars invading, you know, a museum of this like because, you know, you see classical stuff like Romanticism, uh, Bark, um, Colonial um, paintings and whatnots and different architectures. But you actually get to see modern, you know, stuff in the art exhibit. It's kind of cool.
0: Well, I mean, think about the impact The Mandalorian has. I mean, it was yeah. nominated for 15 Emmys.
1: Yes, it it, it reigned it supreme in the Emmys, you know, with the nomination. And also put, you know, a spotlight on how much of a great series it is.
0: And this thing hung alongside portraits of Sir Alec Guinness and other other Star Wars stuff. I mean, that's really cool. Yes, it was just for Halloween. And then it's back down so but i'm at but uh even in the article it talks about how possibly when we get to mandalorian season three it'll come back up for a limited viewing again but i'd say it's a good way to end it and end things out for odds and ends is a yes. great is a great bit of modern modern art
1: <laughs> and mando and the child
0: yeah a great portrait great I need to get
1: portrait. Of that portrait i wonder how much it costs i'm gonna start investigating all right, too bloody much. Let's be fair. Uh, yeah, too much for me. It's fine. I'm already scouting the next gens because of supposed
0: sales. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the next gens are supposed to be in um, Best Buy.
1: Yep. Uh, I will try to stick to that six months moratorium, but, you know, if I happen to see it and I have a really decent um, gift card just chilling in my Best Buy account right now, I might use it.
0: That's fair let's be real we're in post-modern era that's fair
1: yeah i don't know my art very well but that's fine thank you for the correction
0: That oh, was that line from hudson hawk i may not know art but i know what i like yes oh modern Post. stopped in the 70s Yep. did not know that thank you fun to learning things i love being able to share and pool knowledge
1: just got to, uh, i would spend way too much eating here if that was in charlotte <laughs> i told you it's a great restaurant and one that i need to take
0: you to scoob you'd like it too well we can do that um well that's pretty much all we got thank you everyone for hanging out with us thank, thank you for you. that raid that came in um well, big shout out and a thank you to sirenscape for the background music and soundboard you've been hearing during the course of the episode when we're not running our mouths Uh, Go to sirenscape.com to check out all their various soundboards and theme music that you can use for your tabletop experience. Uh, Shout out to the community. Uh, You guys uh, kind of help keep the lights running. And thank you for sticking with us this long. Um, If you be sure to check us out on our various social media platforms, I post uh, images, I've been posting images of the models as I get them painted. Uh, other cool different things that go on. Uh, also check out our Discord and our, YouTube, our Discord community, our YouTube channel, and check out the videos as we got up there. Um, all of those things help us and support us. And it does take resources to do this. So more, so as much support from y'all is much appreciated. And with that, uh, yeah, don't forget Saturday we do D&D at 10 a.m. Eastern and again at 8 p.m. Eastern. And Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern is Sunday with Scoob. So be sure to come and hang out with us and uh, be active, and we'll just talk about whatever comes up.
1: (laughs) Thanks, everybody.
0: So with that, uh, you guys have a great night, great week, safe weekend, and we will see you on our next stream. Peace.